Assalamu alaikum. Today it is Wednesday, 11th of May 2022, and in our series Reflections on the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 311. And uh, recently we've been discussing the words in verse 100 of chapter 2 of the Holy Quran and this is our fourth broadcast uh, about uh, the words of this verse of the Holy Quran. Um, just to remind you that these broadcasts are brought to you by the Lahore Mdia movement and uh, that our founder was Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed who taught us that although other Muslims say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad the Prophet shall come this is not possible because the Holy Quran says about the Holy Prophet Muhammad that he is the Khatman Nabiyyi, he is the seal of the Prophets. And the Holy Prophet himself explained this by saying, La Nabi Abadi, there is no Prophet after me. So that means no Prophet old or new can now come. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad claimed that he was a reformer who came in accordance with a hadith of the Holy Prophet Muhammad. <clears throat> Further, he said that his distinction from other reformers was this, that uh, the Messiah and the Mahdi that the Holy Prophet prophesied applied to him. He also taught us that uh, Muslims are too hasty in calling each other heretic and kafir and out of pale of Islam and so on. He pointed to the hadith of the Holy Prophet Muhammad which said that if one reciter of the kalima says to another reciter of the kalima you are not a Muslim it is the person saying it who goes out of the fold of Islam. This degree of heresy falls upon him. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad also taught that uh, most Muslims who are not Ahmadis believe that uh, not all the prophetic revelation is in the Holy Quran. 
and in fact parts of they believe that parts of the holy quran have been abrogated he taught that this is totally untrue because god said that he revealed the holy quran and he will protect it so how can something protected by allah have anything missing from it and he taught us that although other muslims believe jihad means to take the sword and go around killing down muslims we have to take the definition of jihad given by the holy prophet muhammad and that is what is our fundamental duty when returning from fighting the holy prophet muhammad said that muslims were returning from the minor jihad to the major jihad so what was the major jihad holy prophet explained it's jihad bin nafs it's a struggle to control your own vain desires your greed your vanity your tendency to want to be dishonest and so on but of course if you're attacked by the sword if you physically attack then the jihad becomes a physical duty that you defend yourself with the sword with that let us turn to the verse of the holy quran أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ أَوَكُلَّمَا أَهْدُ أَهْدَنَ غَزَهُ فَرِيقٌ مِنْهُمْ is it that whenever they make a covenant a party of them cast it aside nay most of them have no faith and uh, today we have i think the last two words left <coughs> la and you be noon la of course simply means no it's the negative so there's not uh, a lot more to be said about that um and then you have you minun now this is a combination of two words a verb you me you minu and uh, wa and noon they are a pronoun and uh, so it has two segments and uh, it's a try consonant root is hamza mim noon and i remind our brothers and sisters who know urdu that uh, what we call uh, alif in urdu 
we have Hamza as a separate letter of the Urdu alphabet. In Arabic, you write Hamza either above the alif or under the alif, depending on how it's going to be pronounced. Um, and it's called Hamza. So the root is Hamza Meem Noon. And uh, we find in the Holy Quran 17 forms of it. In other words, 17 words made by different combinations of uh, <coughs> these three letters. Remember, in Arabic, we add letters at the front and at the end, as we saw with the word when I recited it. <coughs> and um, the total number of times words made from this root uh, that they appear in the Holy Quran is 879. So let us, let me find my notes. <coughs> Here we are, okay. <coughs> Five hundred and thirty-seven times this root appears in the form Amana. So that's the most frequent occurrence. And then two hundred and two times it appears as Mu'min. And uh, forty-five times as Iman. And twenty-two times as Mu'minat. So what else is there? Uh, and 20 times as Amina. And 14 times as the adjective Amin. <clears throat> so these don't total to 879 because there are other occurrences once or twice or five times and so on. Um, that appear in the Holy Quran. For example, once only it appears in the Holy Quran in the form Mamun. <coughs> so let us see what it may mean. Right. Now, Al Amn, it means that your soul, your inner self, what's called your nafs, is at peace. Also called nafsul mutmaina, satisfied soul. And there are many experts in grammar, they contend that. Uh, Amnun, Amanatun, uh, or Amanun, they're all actually roots. And they say Amanatun and Amanun 
or uh, not sub or words made by Hamza Min Noon. Um, and uh, <clears throat> in the main, they say it has two meanings or significances, or yes, significances. One is peace when it's used as aman, and uh, the other is to put something in trust when it's used as when it's used as amanat. Because the Holy Quran in chapter 8, verse 27 says, Watahunu Amanatikum. And the things on which you have been appointed an Amin, a trustee. This is the same as the uh, English word trust or trustee. So God is saying that if you are appointed a trustee or something, then you know do not betray that trust, fulfill that trust. And uh, the prime example of that was the Holy Prophet Muhammad. And it is these characteristics when displayed by the Holy Prophet and his companions that they amazed people. This is the real miracle of Islam. When people talk about miracles, they talk about, you know, strange things like, you know, some person being able to fly without any uh, means of support or uh, um, uh, help or machine and, and etc. But the real miracle, the real miracle is to change the character, especially if you change the character, not of one person, not of two people, but a whole nation. A whole group. That is the real miracle of the Holy Quran and the Holy Prophet. Isn't it amazing that uh, when the Holy Prophet was to migrate from Medina to Mecca, uh, from Mecca to Medina, <clears throat> on the last day before leaving Mecca. What was his worry? All these things, they've been put in trust with me. How will they get back to their rightful owners? That's what he's worried about. His life is in danger. He's received the news that uh, the Quraysh are planning to kill him, to martyr him. And more than his life, he's worried about how can I arrange it that the things left to me in trust are returned to the people who put them in my trust? But think of another thing. 
Think of another thing. How much trust did the Quraysh have in the Holy Prophet's honesty and truthfulness that although they disagreed with him on social issues, on religious issues, on political issues, they drove him out of Makkah at one stage and the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the uh, companions had to seek sanctuary halfway up a mountain and they weren't allowed food or anything and had it not been for Hazrat Khatija who was very rich and who, who would send people into the middle of the desert and stop caravans and buy food and have it delivered to the Holy Prophet Muhammad Muslims might have perished at, at, at that stage. These people having treated the Holy Prophet Muhammad in that way, when they have something that needs safeguarding, that is precious, that is valuable, where do they deposit it? With the Holy Prophet Muhammad. And as I said, they are now planning to kill him and what's worrying him? How are these things going to get back to their rightful owners? After I have escaped, after I have migrated from Makkah to Medina. And uh, um, he then leaves Hazrat Ali Razila behind to make sure that this happens. What would any of us do? We'd call these people a few names and they say, well, they tortured us, they treated us badly, they did this, they did that. So, why should I give these things back to them? When I migrate, they're going to take over my house, they're going to burn it down or maybe sell it and get money. Well, this is my recompense for what they're going to do. This is the real miracle of the teachings of the Holy Quran that needs to be presented to the people. Not food coming from heavens and rivers parting and so on. That is easy stuff. That is easy stuff compared, compared to changing Humanity's character. <clears throat> and there's another verse in the Holy Quran about which there is a lot of discussion, which is chapter uh, chapter 33, verse 72. Inna <clears throat> I'll start again. Inna aradnal amanata alas samavati wal earth. And we offer this burden, this trust to the heavens and the earth. And they all declined. Now there is some 
discussion, dispute about what this means. <clears throat> Some people say that the burden that was presented to the heavens and the earth was to do justice. Whatever the conditions, whatever the <coughs> result, do justice. And uh, this is mentioned in another place in the Holy Quran where it says, let not the hatred of a people incite you not to be just with them. And it is said that, uh, you know, this is such a difficult thing to do. It's, you know, it's such a heavy burden that heavens and earth refuse to accept it. So that's one explanation. Another one is that this burden is the intellect that humans were given. The ability to think, the ability to reflect, the ability to make your own decisions. Now, there are many living things. All the plants are living things. But they cannot make intellectual decisions. Animals are living things. But again, they must go down a certain route. They can't deviate from the path that is set for them. I mean, over centuries, it may be that ge genetic mutations take place, but they take place naturally. The animal's intellect, the animal's brain plays no part in it. But yet you have human beings who developed and advanced to a stage where they can actually take human DNA, human genes and edit them. And recently, a new treatment for cancer has been developed. Cancer is cells that are of no use to the human body and they start accumulating in different parts of the body, maybe in, 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 in the chest, it may be in the lungs, it may be in the stomach, wherever. But the difficulty is that our own defense mechanism, body's natural defense mechanism, doesn't recognize the fact that the body needs to be defended against the uh, growth of those cells. So just leaves them alone. And up until now, uh, various treatments have been uh, uh, developed. One of them is uh, chemotherapy, one is radiotherapy. Radiotherapy is basically burning the area where those cells grow and hope that they are restricted to that particular area and not escaped and gone elsewhere. But now, 
a new treatment has been developed where you take a human gene from someone who's got a cancer and it's developing and you edit that gene so that it recognizes that those cells are harmful to the body and the body's defense mechanism itself attacks those cells and kills them. And that is absolutely wonderful because there are no side effects and all this kind of thing. You know, it's just like you get flu and your immune system says, what's going on? There is this foreign body we need to get rid of. So the immune system is edited and its blind spot against those cancer cells is, is, is removed. Now, animals can't do anything like that. They do have certain limited abilities. I was on a horse coming down uh, Himalayas and the horse was walking along the edge of a precipice and I was scared that the horse is going to slip and we're going to go down and die. And I was trying to sort of pull it back and the guide said, leave the horse alone. He knows that this is the edge and that's a precipice and if he falls down it, he's going to die. He said, the horse knows better than you. So they do have the self-preservation. They have an immune system. And yet, despite all of that, they're limited in their thinking, in their decision-making, they cannot go beyond certain limits. A horse cannot decide that it's going to eat meat and see what that tastes like. Human beings try all manner of diets. Some are completely vegetarian, some are vegan, some can't live without meat and so on and so forth. So, but the last interpretation of this is the alphabet, that this burden, so there are three possible interpretations. This burden is the burden of doing justice under all circumstances. The burden is having the ability to make decisions and making the right decision. And the burden is the alphabet. Now, and these people who say that the burden is the alphabet, they say, they say that without the alphabet, you cannot do justice. Without the alphabet, you cannot use your rationality, your brain to do anything. And uh, in the last Friday khutbah, 
I explained that when uh, uh, Adam was taught names, he wasn't just taught that this is apples and this is grapes and, and, and so on. He was given the ability to recognize things by their characteristics and further that knowledge. You know, when he, when uh, the human beings and sons of Adam recognize grapes, they can distinguish between a black grape and a white grape, and whether it's a seedless grape or whether it's a seeded grape and so on. And they can actually develop seedless grapes. And it was the ability to be able to develop that knowledge that distinguishes human beings from the rest of the creation. But in that, there were certain stages. First, of course, human beings learn to pass information by speaking, by, by grunting, really. And then they invented a vocabulary. But of course, when uh, one person died, whatever he said died with him. So there was no development no further development. But then people discovered that they needed to preserve information and knowledge. Mainly it came from business. So they started chiseling things on stones, which was slow, which was painstaking. And they started communicating by, by drawing things. You know, if you want to talk about horse, you just drew a horse or something as close to a horse as you could get. That was slow and cumbersome. So alphabet was invented and language developed and, you know, from letters, uh, you got words and sentences and rules of grammar and all this kind of thing. And then it was preserved on paper rather than, or parchment initially, rather than on stone. But that, although speedy compared to chiseling things, but it was still slow. And you couldn't get that information to many people. And then printing press came along, which made it easier to get information to people. But of course, now we have all that knowledge preserved in computers, on websites, anyone can access that instantaneously using the internet and the speed of development and changed, change has increased. So, relating this to the story of Adam, that all Adam was taught the names but I, I don't believe he was literally taught, you know, that this is this is an apple and this is an orange and uh, uh, whatever else. As I said, he was given the ability to recognize things by their characteristics and so on. And uh, 
the ability to pass on that knowledge. And you see, it is a burden. Because by using this alphabet and using our intellect, what have we done? We've invented atom and hydrogen bombs, which can destroy the whole of this planet like that. We polluted air. We polluted water. So that was what the rest of the creation were afraid of. What will we do with this ability? Mango tree is quite happy bearing mangoes. It said, why do I want to know if I can bear apples or bananas? I'm quite happy. Every year I bear a crop of mangoes. And the mango tree and the apple tree and the rose bush and uh, whatever, whatever else there was said the same thing. And interestingly, in trying to share with you my ideas on what this word may mean, we've only looked at two verses of the Holy Quran in half an hour. And I'm amazed at the uh, miracle that one word of the Holy Quran and really if you think about it I could give a daily lecture of half an hour for a whole year just on this one word and its different aspects and interpretations and use in the Holy Quran. And that is what makes the Holy Quran the real miracle and the transformation it brought, the real miracle that we should all think about. With that, we can come to the end of our broadcasts. Broadcast, we overrun our time. Um, with a prayer that whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, Khuda Hafiz, goodbye. Mm.